Hello, I welcome you all to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast. Once again, with your hosts Bernard Gunther and Laura Matsu. Today's episode is about how can we be truly sovereign and free. So that's obviously a very important topic in light of what's happening in the world, in light of the previous episodes we have talked about, uh, how to navigate these times of car chaos, division and splitting and the silver lining in it, all of it, right? There's a chance to decentralize, to become more, quote, sovereign, sovereign and not dependent on government. And for that, we need to organize ourselves and take care of ourselves. But we want to dive a bit deeper into this whole concept of sovereignty and freedom and even free will. Because what we see now, a lot of people are organizing themselves. Uh, we recently attended also uh, attended an event where people uh, meet up, um, talk about sovereignty and building community and taking care of themselves and decentralizing and all of that, as I just mentioned. Um, so before we dive a bit deeper, I also want to talk about the definition of sovereign. Sovereign basically means, out of the dictionary, literally, possessing supreme or ultimate power and sovereignty is freedom from external control, right? To become uh, autonom, uh, autonomy, basically. And the way- Autonomous. Autonomous, yeah. thank you. And the way we see it right now, it's mostly external, right? In that sense that people try to free themselves from government, from external control, obviously as the totalitarian technocratic uh, powers are clamping down, we want to free ourselves from the grip, from this enslavement, right? And that's also the whole ideology behind anarchism which basically means no rulers i mean that's the true meaning of it the word <clears throat> excuse me anarchism or anarchist has also been very much distorted even they call antifa anarchists and this whole idea of chaos and violence which has nothing to do with the true philosophy and ideology of anarchism which ties more into voluntarianism you know not to infringe the freedom on others and do not harm others right and voluntarily participate in in society based on various principles, but I don't want to get too deep into the uh, ideology of anarchism because, again, this is all these external ways and means of trying to decentralize, trying to become sovereign and free, right? And even anarchism is another ism, so there are all these kind of ideologies and ways of trying to um, exit the system, so to speak, on, an, on a physical external level. But what we really want to dive into is really, you know, um, into the inner freedom, you know, how much can you truly govern yourself as it goes if, if, uh, or how much do you really, can you really extract yourself from government if you cannot truly govern yourself and governing yourself, meaning truly being aware of yourself and your all inner life and how free are you truly within ourselves, within yourself from your own conditioning, programming, wants, needs, and desires. So that's really what it comes down to, which ultimately also ties into the process of individuation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, like how can you talk about sovereignty if you yourself are not free and you're still being driven by your lower nature as well as conditioned program desires? People are really easy to trigger these days. If you're <laughs> easy true. to trigger, you're not sovereign though, because like, and, and, I, and, I, and I'm including myself in this, like there's still... You know, people who get to me, especially in relationship, you know, um, and I know that that's where I'm not free. I'm still living in a prison, although I feel like for many people, because of what's going on collectively, we've had to go through a collective individuation process because the consensus narrative has lost its mind, has deviated into tyranny slash insanity slash propaganda, brainwashing, all sorts of stuff. So it's actually, to some extent, at least on the intellectual level, it's forced people to think for themselves. Because you either have to go along with things that totally go against your own bod bodily sovereignty, or you have to start asking questions and quote unquote, doing your own research, you know? So there has been some level of like intellectual individuation that's taken place through crisis, actually. So I think that's important to note, but I still know, uh, I just still notice a lot of people externalizing, you know, just hating Bill Gates or whoever else, you know, that's not free. That's not freedom in my, in my view, you know, it's like, we need to be, we need to have that essence of freedom within ourselves. Like I can be who I am. I'm a unique individual. I know who I am. And really, it also comes down, which we'll get into later in the podcast, is the self 
needs to be the central resource. And for a lot of people, and I see this in the world, it's just like the conditioned ego personality is talking about freedom. The conditioned ego personality can't know freedom. Exactly. I mean, that's also been my big, you know, I've been also going back to anarchism. I was also uh, talking at Anarchapulco a few years ago, 2017, 2018. I was even on... Uh, um jeff berwick's um anarchist podcast about anarchism many years ago he's the founder of of anarchapulka and he always asks opens the question to his guests when have you become an anarchist <laughs> and i have to, i'd say right away that i do not i don't identify myself as an anarchist right because there's another trap in itself this identification with the group and anarchism itself i can appreciate the ideology but i see a lot of armchair anarchists in the sense making it like you mentioned this intellectual ideology but mm -hmm. they are not free themselves within themselves mm -hmm. right in the sense like as you, as you just mentioned uh, they mistake also their ego personality for the for the self for the true self yes. and that goes deeper like into not only psych the psychological process of individuation but deeper spiritual work to really realize the self the true self the essence the psychic being and psychological work and exactly and what what you mentioned is very important to understand that that part that usually talks about freedom and we need to fight the system and all of that comes actually from the conditioned ego personality yes. and i've seen it myself i've mentioned that before in my writings as well as in in various podcasts that back in my as i call my romantic anarchist days was actually coming from my childhood wounding yeah also exactly. from my father wound like the knee-jerk reaction against authority yeah. and all of that and i'm not saying that we need to not submit to authority that's it's not that black and white but i can see within myself and many others that try now to fight the system become sovereign independent and all of that it's coming from a lot of the wounded inner child yes and conditioning Uh, programming in general and unconscious trauma we all have carried to varying degrees and it, it then informs like you just mentioned you're not free if you get triggered by other people and then you blame others you, you're stuck in, in blame victim consciousness yeah you know then you're not truly free yeah uh, and then I then i'm just wondering uh, then people say you know i know myself and you know i'm an individual but they mistake like you just mentioned the e conditioned ego personality for the true self yeah Yeah, they'll say I know myself like I'm this, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, whatever, you know, that's not that's not your yeah. true essence, you know, and I think that true freedom really has to come from part of this individuation pro process, which is part of the Aquarius archetype. So I think Saturn's in Aquarius right now. I don't know. I don't pay attention to transits, but I know Saturn is Aquarius. I know we're nearing into Pluto and Aquarius, the quote unquote age of Aquarius. I believe personally that we're basically on the um you know we're between ages we're kind of like we have both the leo and or sorry the um pisces virgo axis and the leo aquarius leo axis so we are collectively individuating and in, in a sense and i'm just going to share a little bit you know about according the evolutionary astrology pro um context for this individuation process this is something i wrote actually in the um group coaching program, Embodied Soul Awakening, to someone who asked a question about this. Um, so according to evolutionary astrology, it's the most individuated slash spiritualized souls who create the next consensus mainstream state. And you see that. These are the people who are the trailblazers, the visionaries. You know, Young was a highly individuated person, and they changed the consensus. But then look at like, you know, Even now, like Jung's concepts have not reached the consensus still, but but they're reaching a mass, you know? So they've spread, they've spread out. So that's the point. But the point is, is that there's always been a violent backlash from the consensus state against anyone who rebels against it. So this backlash process eventually does lead to the integration of the new ideas that the individuated and spiritualized people brought into society, but the backlash must always come first. And there's something that happens, uh, this astrologer Mark Jones actually referred to it as maximum alienation, maximum individuation. So there's an alienation process that actually comes when you separate from the herd and you remove yourself from the consensus, basically. And that's what a lot of people are going through right now, like, you know, old friends, family members, people that work, you know, if you don't agree with the jab, you are on an individuation process because that's the consensus reality right now. So from moving from the consensus state, the mainstream, to the individuation state, 
is basically almost always, I would say, pretty much always a traumatic process for the individual. And the main reason why that is, is because they lose the sense of security of belonging to the consensus state that the consensus state provides. And also in the nature of the individuation process, it can also happen too much too fast. And the alienation, alienation can be traumatic because you don't have that like group belonging, be like, oh, I have similar ideas to you. That makes me feel safe in my ideas. No, if you're a truly individuated person, you can stand true to your values and beliefs. You don't need the group. Although, and this is something we're going to talk about, is that once you try to kind of distinguish your own true values, it's important to find like-minded people because you need a bunch of people to create a movement. You need, you can't just do it alone. And a community, right? Exactly. Basically creating without losing yourself again. Exactly. And I think what... So, so, sorry, I just want to finish that quote. Um, So as you, so like, so this one way of resolving this feeling of alienation, you know, which people kind of do is to find true friendship with like-minded people. But it is really important to actually go through that process of alienation. Because if you just try and find, so if you're, if you're seeking out community, because you have a lot of childhood wounds coming up of about not being seen, not being accepted by the consensus, what you're going to do is you're actually going to avoid the individuation process is you need to actually become an individual yourself, distinguish what are my true values? What's my vision of meaning of life? And then find like-minded others. But what a lot of people do is they don't actually individuate and then they create a new consensus state with their, within their own alternative ideas exactly. in order to give themselves that sense of valid- validation. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to finish that quote. The truly individuated being will always be unique ahead of their time. They're often cast out from their herd. That's the point, you know. Um, and, and it really is similar to this quote, you know, if you don't fit into this world, it's cause you're born to create a new one. It's like, we really need to, we really need to discover what makes us truly us, you know, and really anchor that individuated essence within ourselves before we seek the others. Because if we're seeking the others as a way of seeking inner validation, because other people share the same ideas as, our, as ourselves, it could still be driven by wanting to find another consensus state so that we can feel validated. So we're not actually individuating. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of things on that note. So also not to mistake when people are individual, the individual, we're not talking about a big ego, like a cult of personality. That's not an individuated being. That's yeah. still driven by social, cultural conditioning, programming wounds, and on all kinds of mechanical behaviors. We're talking about the true individual in light of the Jungian process of individuation, or also in the spiritual context of connecting to true self-essence and making the personality or the ego a clear expression of essence, you know, beyond any social, cultural conditioning, and also having worked through your shadow and and, and wounds and traumas and all of that. But um, you made a really important point within, you know, like exactly that, that's what we're seeing happening right now. And that has its, its purpose and process. We see there's a lot of people that's happening with, with the people we work with in our program, Embodied Soul Awakening and whatnot. They're coming out of the consensus state and they're engaged, uh, starting the individuation process. But as you mentioned, there are many like traps within that, so yes. to speak, to avoid it. And I think a big part which I'm sure you alluded to, the individuation process. It's not an easy process because you need to also embrace loneliness. Yes. Right? You have to have this lonely, like... You have to not, separate from the herd for a little bit. And, and that's very important. Sri Yobinder talked in his work as well, Integral Yoga, that the first step before you can even spiritualize, yes. right? Even that's, evolutionary that's, astrology, yes. Sri Yobinder talked, before you go into the spiritual state, you need to be individuated. You need to, like he said, literally separate it from a crowd and become a true individual. Yes. Which also... Uh, paradoxically, it means to create a healthy ego, your healthy sense of self. Yeah. Right. So what we're seeing now—that's a paradox right now. You know, with everything is happening, people are are separating from friends and family, and they want like-minded people, like-minded people, and it's fine and good. We need that, but like as you alluded to, there's a trap within that which can interfere with the individuation process, and we unconsciously look for another. A collective group consciousness to lag into to make ourselves feel better. And there's an excellent quote I want to share here from a book called The Ever-Transcending Spirit, The Psychology of Human Relationship, Consciousness, and Development by Toro Sato. And he says, insecurity and anxiety also motivates us to form and join groups. 
Being a part of a group relieves us of anxiety because it makes us feel like we're not the only ones who feel insecure about a particular thing. We often form groups with individuals who have similar insecurities. Mm. Having similar unconscious insecurities cause us to have similar desires from the perspective of the internal conflict model. Thus, the more insecure and anxious we are, the more motivated we are to form and maintain our own groups. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's also like the basis on an ultimate level of, of cult-like behavior. So I can, I want to define individuation in a second, but I just want to share my own experience with that because I had joined an intentional community, permaculture community. We grew our own food, you know, and it did support me in my individuation process, but not in the way that I thought. So what happened is, is like, I joined this community, very alternative, lots of hippies, people involved in the permaculture movement. And we had these sharing circles every day. And this was my first kind of experience because I was like working in uh, hospitality before, you know, like waiting tables. I was really back in the consensus just out of pure survival mode. I had to make money, you know. And then so I moved to this intentional community and we had these sharing circles every day. And I was getting into all these esoteric slash spiritual topics, you know, and I would talk about them in the sharing circles. And what I realized is that even though I could talk about it more openly than I could talk about in the consensus state, there was still a unique part of me which could never be understood or explained by the community that I was in. And so it kind of, even though I thought like, I kind of fell into that trap. I was like, oh, these are a bunch of people who are into the same things I'm interested in. They want to create this new earth, you know? There was something still very unique that was very different about me, you know? And that's what really jumpstarts the individuation process is we realize that there's a part of you that cannot be explained or mirrored by any group. And that's the that's your individual self. So I'm going to just define it just so we have like a context, okay? Yeah. yeah. So this is by Ruth Williams, a Jungian psychologist. So she defines the individuation process we have a purpose purposeful function in life and can consciously work towards becoming more authentic individuation is a process by which we become separate psychological individuals distinct from all others young uses the term individuation to denote the process by which a person becomes a psychological individual that is a separate indivisible unity or whole that is quite different from individualism which is ego-led as opposed to self-led individuation. It is important to mark oneself out, of, out as different, which may be well necessary at times. Acting from self is regarded as an achievement as the path towards individuation involves an enhancement of the personality, which builds a greater sense of who we are as unique individuals. Individuation is not a process to be forced or induced any more that you can rip a seedling out of the ground to hurry along its growth. Both have to unfold organically by the grace of God. Individuation points to the process, Young tells us, whereby the acorn becomes an oak, the calf, a cow, and the child, an adult. It is the unfolding of our destiny. By this, I do not intend to imply that it is inevitable that we follow the path of our destiny. Many people never find their purpose in life. It involves arduous psychological work to find and incarnate the path in life which we need to follow to fulfill our potential. And that's the critical point, is that there are many people who will never... In who will not individuate, at least in this lifetime, you know, they are not actually doing that work to discover, like, who am I beyond my condition? And the soul might not be ripe for it in light of, 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 of the soul path, you yes. know, and level of being. You yes. know, I have to have a certain consecutive lifetimes and, and the soul needs to be a certain ripeness when it makes its, you know, because individuation process, we can talk about this later as well. You can see it from the young perspective. And it's a great, uh, by the way, differentiation between the individual and individuation yes. in a sense, right? Or the individuality this, because it's egocentric versus yes. really individuation, bringing forth the true self or yeah. bringing forth essence, the psychic being, right? Making then the personality a clear channel and vessel for the true self, for essence. Can, can I you, just add one more thing on to that though? Yeah, go ahead. So that's a really important step. So we have this like Capricorn slash Saturn level of reality. This is all the conditioning factors of society that we're actually seeing kind of fall down right now, right? And what happens is in, when you reach this Aquarius slash 11th house slash Uranian level of reality, the self becomes the central resource basically. So it's not the ego personality, it's the self becomes a central resource. 
So, so just, I'm just going to, so some, you know, there's many different ways. Like, so there's two different types of self. There's lowercase self and then there's capital self. I'm not talking about the capital self, what the yogis and the enlightened gurus talk about self-realization. That's capital self. But I'm talking about the part of yourself that, you know, is like a unifying principle psychologically. Richard Schwartz, who does internal family systems, actually has a description of the self. He just calls it the eight C's. It means when you're in self energy, you're curious, you're calm, you're clear, you feel connected, you feel confident, you feel courageous, you feel creativity and compassion. So that, and that, and that, that seems true. Like when I know I'm in my true essence, that's how I feel. So let's talk about the work of individuation process itself, what it means. And they have a great, one-liner quote by Carl Jung, and he says, individuation is to divest the self of false wrappings. Mm-hmm. And that's really what the work is about, the great work or what we also call the fourfold approach of holistic self-work, meaning working on all levels, physical, emotional, psychological, and then eventually spiritual as well. But what it means, really, what he says, in order to truly individuate and find the true self, um, you need to um, divest the self of false wrappings, meaning letting you know working through all the layers of conditioning, wounding, trauma, your shadow, and all of that. Yes, right. Because again, as I mentioned before, people talk about sovereignty and all of that. We need to uh, uh, you know decentralize and and create community and and you know have a conscious community and all of that. But I've seen this time and again in all communities. I was also part of the scene come and go of people who are not engaged in this inner work and externalize some sort of sovereignty or uh, wanting to decentralize, but they're still, you know, they want to become their own authority, you know, and don't have government, anybody telling what to do, but they are still slave to their own unconscious trauma and wounds and even desires that have been still programmed into them or coming out of insecurity or on the basic, just coming from the lower egoic nature, you know, and all of that, which they don't question. Mm. So, yeah, I forgot who said that, but I had had, um, another um, teacher uh, talked about also the, the, the problem with anarchism in this day and age, this intellectual uh, ideology of, of anarchism, it, it becomes then if you don't do the inner work to really individuate, just another vessel for your own egoic desires, right? Mm-hmm. Under the wrapping of just, oh, I'm sovereign, I can do whatever I want. Totally, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and you can still like, even though if you follow the principles, you know, of, of not harming anyone, but you're still slave to own your unconscious drives. And that's yeah. really the great work. So that's why, we always say, especially in this day and age, yes, be around like-minded people, but that's not enough. You need to be. We need to be around people who are engaged in the same work. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, any community, any organization will also will disintegrate and then also be taken over by Wetiko, by other by forces that truly, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, also influence us from unseen realms because they tag into all of that, and we see this again and again. You know what I mean, like. Uh, people have highly intellectual knowledge about, you know, how to decentralize, become sovereign externally, but you know, they are still kind of a, ch- a child in an adult suit that become easily triggered, take things personally in all these things. There's yeah. all kinds of, you know, that kind of pollutes all of that. Yeah, it's so kind of speak, like right? it reminds me, you know, like I kind of eavesdrop on you watching like these Bitcoin guys, you know, yeah. and 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 the crypto community. It's like I feel like, you know, the system in itself has the capacity to be a, a really amazing tool to give power back to the people, you know, decentralization. But at the same time, it's like these people are getting like, you know, rich off of crypto and they're like buying Lamborghinis and like, you know, it's not nothing, yes. to, nothing bad about that, by the way, but they're still being driven. Like, it's like, why do you like, it's like, like extreme material? Yeah, right? it's like they're still actually being driven by the consensus wants and needs or societal yes. cultural programming. This is what success means, you know, right. and, and, and really missing the point. And I do think that, you know, we are being called to engage in this process of collective individuation which is the 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 first step to any collective profound psycho spiritual awakening it has to include this individuation process and it is painful like you like the way that i feel about it especially if you have to like you know one of the most tribal kind of needs we have of belonging is like within our family you know so when you realize that there's something different about you that doesn't relate to any of your family conditioning it can almost feel like a baby losing its 
its mother, you know, like that's the level of like kind of tribal conditioning we have around our blood family sometimes. Some people not. I know that you're a different case, you know, but that's what it feels like. So if your family is like super pro-vax and you're not into that and then you have to go against them, that is a painful process. But I have to say that is a necessary pain. It's part of the individuation process because that's an important step where you realize that there's something within you that is unique, which cannot be explained by your DNA, your family, your ancestry. There's something that's very uniquely you. So so how can we approach this in a practical manner? Because there's a paradox, there's a bit of a conflict, right? We need to, this is really an opportunity to engage in the process of individuation, what's happening right now in the way you just laid it out as well, to embrace loneliness, to be, who am I? Asking the ultimate question, who am I? And yes. work through these layers, you know, as, who as am Carl I Jung beyond said, all of my conditioning? conditioning, where my desires come from and yeah. all of that, understanding uh, in depth, uh, young, understanding the concept of triggers and projection. That's key in any community to really nail that yeah, down, by then, the way. And right? then I have to say the precursor to even understanding triggers and projections is first having a connection to your own body. Right. Because oh, a lot a of people point. don't even realize Completely that they're triggered out. and they just intellectually justify it right they're away. Right, it's very mechanical. It's yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a very good point. So how can you reconcile this? Because as you said, we need to engage in the process of individuation without, like you said, falling into the trap of using the, you know, the group again for, uh, as a substitute for our insecurities, right? And losing ourselves again within the group mm -hmm, hive mm -hmm. mind of, of another group, even if it's an alternative group, yeah. right? So by the same time, we live in the time where it's, it is important, right, to connect with like mind, to build community. You know, it's even the natural drive to connect. So how can, because we need to do the work simultaneously, right? It's mm -hmm. not about, we can, no man is an island. It's not a like, and by the way, there's another paradox. You cannot individuate yourself by yourself. <laughs> you need relationship relating in yeah. order to individuate. And there's another uh, great, whose work I can also recommend, uh, James Hillman, he's, he's a young and a psychologist as well and he he said something great he asked the question how can we know ourselves by ourselves he goes on souls need intimate connection not only to individuate but simply to live for this we need relationships in the profound kind of the profound this kind through which we can realize ourselves where self-revelation is possible where interest in and love for soul is paramount so that's another paradox because you know That's another thing I want to also address with this whole idea of being sovereign and independent. You know, if you just externalize it, you fall into another trap because you can never be truly sovereign and independent. Yes. Only the ego, the tyrant within thinks it's independent from everything else. But ultimately, truth is everything is connected and interrelated. Yeah, this illusion of separation. Exactly. Like I'm a sep I think that often people who talk about sovereignty can still fall into this illusion that I am, yes, there is something very unique about you as a soul that can't be explained by culture, by family, by society. But at the same time, you know, you are, you know, you're interconnected to your neighbor as much as you may not want to be, you know, like we have these, these hidden connections. But I think it's like, you know, Mary or Ruth Williams described it individuation is a process of transformation involving both conscious intent to change and develop as well as unconscious drives differentiating what does and does not fit into our over totality as a person so i do think it is a process of you know at first shadow work making the darkness conscious yeah. like analyzing your own inner nature asking questions where does this come from is this who i truly am has this been conditioned into me and that's an ongoing process not something you just do read once one book on it and then you're done like you have to constantly be analyzing this like yeah. where does this come from not just analytical and, but through your body yeah yeah it has to it has to be it has to it has to include, it has to include the body in some way or form but it's also just a process of kind of unpacking your own psyche you know and i have to say if your mind is in chaos racing all the time which is a lot of people you know it's not nothing bad like that's what meditation is meant to train you to do to still the mind or any mind body practice right is that this chaos inside your own psyche will be reflected in your outer world whether it's actually happening or not it will through through your perceptual filters so i think there has to be some way of kind of like calming your nervous system learning the basic aspect of presence before you can even begin that process because i just noticed with a lot of people and even myself included you know before i really got into meditation is that like 
the mind is insanity like what's going on in people's minds all the time and the and the dial inner dialogue that a lot of people have you know and so that is all it's like imagine like all these sub personalities that are conditioned by previous events even past lifetimes that have developed within yourself it's like that's the first thing to witness is how many parts of yourself which are actually not the true self which are all going crazy in there you know which we mistake for the truth yes exactly exactly and and i know um you know both richard schwartz talks about it um i i don't know if if young talked about sub personalities but this other guy robert asiogli who's like also kind of doing similar psycho spiritual theories but there are basically you know there's the self and then there's all these things which are not self and all these things which are not self are basically these sub personalities which operate in our psyche and we and we miss we, we identify often with these sub-personalities rather than the self, you know? The self becomes very obscured over time. That's why even Gurdjieff always talked, you know, he talked about this, even this number, you know, we have all these 987 false eyes, mm-hmm. sub-personalities. Mm-hmm. It's just it's an esoteric number, not to may, maybe even taken literal. Yeah. But what's the real I, the true self? Yes. Because we identify with parts. You can see even, even for the listener, observe yourself. You know, you're if you're really objective, you're a very contradictive being with all kinds of contradictive desires. One part wants this, the other part wants that, and this wants this. And, yeah. and it's very paradoxical. What is the true self? You know what I mean? The true self isn't actually none of this. It's buried behind all these voices, yeah. which are mostly highly socially cultural conditioning, uh, and, you know, your, your unconscious voice of your mom or your dad, or all kinds of other traumas mm-hmm. and childhood wounds that coming to surface and want to compensate yes. or be yeah. compensated. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I think it, number one, like, you know, the individuation process involves some process of self-analyzation, you know, whether that's through whether you're disciplined enough to do it by yourself, I highly recommend like some sort of mirroring coach. There's therapist. only so much self-work you can do by yeah, yourself. Yeah, there's only so much self-work you, d- you can do by yourself. Yeah. And, you know, it does take a certain type of person, a very disciplined person, a very honest person. But even then... You know, there's so many ways that we get used to lying to ourselves. And in fact, you know, the thing that we most hide from. So if you're the type of person who does self-work on your own, I was that person for a really long time. I didn't actually start engaging with a therapist until like last year, basically consistently. Although I worked with like healers and teachers sporadically over time. So I wasn't completely alone, you know, but I have to say when I'm in like a conversation, whether it's you or like meeting up with friends or whatever, is like I get to know myself in a deeper way, which I hadn't known before because there's lots of our parts of ourselves, which are exactly the place that we need to look that we're so used to hiding from that we can only learn about that part of ourselves when we're in a relationship. Like we're very, we're very clever in the way that we hide the parts of ourselves yes. that we don't want to look at, you know, especially over time. And, it becomes, and especially when yeah. doing self-work on our own, you know, it's like we can be very clever be like, oh, I'll look at everything except for this one thing, you know, yes. and we do that unconsciously. So that's why it is important to have mirroring and also to find your, you know, like really just spend time by yourself, like find out. What's my vision of meaning for life? What what do I truly value, you know? Because a lot of us tend to like meet up with groups based on like almost like false values or false visions, you know? Like for me, I really want to see a more psychologically, spiritually awake world, you know? So but the thing that I'm most drawn to in, in groups and communities is if they're focused on that. And so I know that that's true for me. And hope people who embody that as well. Yeah, right? exactly. Not, exactly. So I know that that's true for me. So that helps me kind of, because that's the 11th house Aquarius kind of thing is like, like-minded people which mind are you talking about but like yes. <laughs> what is your what is your true vision you know like have you have you spent enough time alone have you really asked yourself these deeper questions to understand that you know because many of us are like oh i just want to see like an awake compassionate kind humanity it's like okay but like number one is that what you're truly is that your true vision meaning are you living it out yourself because a lot of people also have these ideals in their head and then they're not actually you know yeah it's, very it's Im- not it, it, it's it's a mental concept it's not something because yeah. if it's a really true vision of meaning in your life you will be like super passionate about doing that in your yeah. own life you won't just talk about it yeah. you know and that's a trap i mean that's also again a paradox but this whole trap of like oh just i want to be around like-minded people you know even on social media, you know, which can become an echo chamber and you're like-minded because you have an intellectual common understanding and you get a dopamine hit from exchanging information, agreeing with people, mm-hmm. right? 
but that's not enough. Yes. <laughs> you know, and then you can get lost in the, that become like, uh, uh, can become a, um, you know, a group hive mind in itself and you can lose your individuality to begin with. And going back to the question of this podcast, how can we be truly sovereign and free? And can tell you right away, you can do all like, you know, create a community that is sovereign, uh, decentralized, you know, completely self-sustainable and you have your own currency, crypto, all the bags and whatnot, completely decentralized. You have financial freedom, all of that. And you may seem externally free and sovereign, you know, from the external matrix. But if you have not done any work on yourself whatsoever, you st ever, you're still a slave to your own unconscious needs, wants, and desires. If you have still any desires, wants, and needs you're attached to, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're not free. Your own compulsions, you may even normalize, even sexual urges, desires, you, you, uh, pathologies you, and fetishes you may normalize and just go about mechanically, then you're not free, yes. right? That's why in esoteric traditions, they always talk about spiritual tradition, you know, or in Buddhism is also in many others mirrored as well, that desire leads to suffering, leads to suffering. And that doesn't mean not to have desires and go rejecting the world and going to the path of the aesthetics and denying the physical world. No, you we can enjoy the, the riches of the physical world, but can you be at the same time be detached from the desires, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Because most people operate very mechanically, unconsciously, you know, yeah. uh, being slave to their desires and wants and needs, what they think they want yes. anyway. Yes. And this is going to then poison any community whatsoever if, the, if that individuation process is not approached consciously in light of the inner work. Mm -hmm. And that needs to mm -hmm. go hand in hand, you know? Yeah. You see it even in light of the evolution of consciousness. People forget that, you know, the outer world is all a reflection of an inner state. The reason why people are still governed by government, you it's know, because they can't govern because themselves. they cannot govern anything themselves. Can you govern yourself? Meaning, have are you fully in control of yourself? Yeah, you know, yeah, and Do that you truly that, know yourself. That is extremely hard. I know that I can't. Like when I have really strong projections come up, like I'm a very emotional person, so I they have an extreme emotional charge. It can be extremely convincing, and this is with like. I know how to work with projections. I know how to like work through them, but I'm just saying the psychic energy and charge of our own unconscious when it comes to surface via a trigger or a projection or whatever you want to call it is extremely strong. And I do believe it really takes a certain amount of soul to witness that and to just notice it and to be curious about it because you know, to the extent that it's actually holding unresolved emotional content versus like about childhood traumas and wounds is to the extent that we can actually be driven to act from those places, you know? So I see that all the time. I mean, like we're, we're, we're all trying to, to become or not we're all, but many of us are trying to become kind of masters of all the material that's arising from the collective unconscious right now. And we have our own personal journey within that. And it's very easy right now to fight the shadows on the wall you know like there's many of us who have a lot of unresolved content a lot of trauma we haven't processed and it becomes very easy to be like okay let me just hate bill gates and like just hate these figures you know we are projecting our own unresolved wounds from childhood upon the outer world whether it's bill gates or you know Biden, biden it's like <laughs> biden isn't even there anymore like he's he's not a good target for your projections to begin with he's what i'm saying is anyway. that you know anytime that you have it's 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 it's, it's an interesting paradox because i notice this in myself all the time i'm also going through a lot of really intense transits were a lot that, that dictate that a lot of personal and conscious material is coming up and it does take all of my emotional psychological and spiritual strength to sometimes notice these projections and not act on them and i still make mistakes pretty much every other day so i mean i mean mistakes is like i still act on my projections you know um but i have to say and i think we talked about in the previous podcast but when you withdraw your projections from the outer world, you gain your self energy back. Mm, and that's yeah. the key point is like the moment that you're blaming someone out there for how you feel, the way the world is, you are projecting. And that's and that's hard. You know, it was really hard because it's really seductive. And when everyone else is doing it, and, uh, 
You know, when everyone else is doing it, it's easy to start doing it too. You know, you you start to be almost Shadow like the, the only sober. If you start to withdraw your projections, you're like the only sober person at a bar of drunk people, you yeah. know? And you also withdraw projections from an occult level, occult as a tech level. You also turn off the food source for these occult forces. Yes. Because the hostile forces, the archonic forces that feed on humanity, they, they feed off of your projections. They yes. feed off the emotional luge and all of that. Uncon what you, uh, most people participate in unconscious yes and the work is easier said than done Some, like you i'm not free of projections and triggers you know if a, you know, anybody who claims to be done by the way i want to point this out because a lot of people say oh, i've done shadow work for so long i'm done with it you know anybody who claims who's done with shadow work has on their projections triggers that's equally to be saying that they have self-realized themselves aka enlightened and why be done with it like that's the question is like you don't like just it's, it's like people who like go to meditation retreat for like one week and then they're like oh i did my meditation i know how to do this it's like this is an ongoing process like yes. you know chop wood carry water just keep on doing the inner work new stuff will come up every day in this kind of chaotic environment you know yeah. so we can avoid it and it actually like you know it's it, and we said this in many different podcasts is like this is the best time to work on yourself like you know when things are too calm and things are too like kind of like normal and safe and comfortable it's like we don't often engage in the process but then you know like you're your your grandmother or mother calls you'd be like i'm not going to talk to you unless you get the vax and all these emotions of abandonment come up from childhood that's the moment to start doing the work exactly. it's like this is this is the ripe material like sometimes i go to like uh my therapist and like i don't have anything to say because nothing has really happened of like or i've sorted it out myself but i do know the moment when shit happens and i have something to talk about i was like whoa this is an extremely ripe moment to start working this through this is the, the time is now you know so we have to almost develop this attitude towards our own inner work and like this almost like tenaciousness where we're like i'm gonna go there now you know and we miss opportunities all the time doing that when we project exactly but like, like you said, and we've said this before, this time in right now, the splitting of humanity, this this intensity right now, this is perfect fertile ground to do the great work. It's a silver lining. It's an opportunity to answer the call. And it's not going to be easy work. There are many traps and distractions, temptations. And one of the distractions, temptations is just to latch on you know, just find external groups to latch on again without doing the inner work. Yeah. And that can be, that will just keep you, give you maybe a, sh a quick release, like a dopamine hit, <laughs> well, similar to that. But, you know, the, the key point is to engage in this individuation process consciously in, in, in all of it while building community at the same time. So this is, needs to happen hand in hand. Yeah. So you don't, use the group as a substitute for your own insecurities again right yeah. and and skip the individuation process because it's not a comfortable process right and we always like to avoid pain and and gravitates towards pleasure in all of that so it needs to go hand in hand together like i said it is important like we mentioned this before activism organize ourselves decentralize you know what i mean communicate network and all of that but there's a danger in losing yourself in that by externalizing everything yes. and not using it also as an opportunity for this inner work true inner individuation process to find your true self so you can be truly yourself you can the the ultimate goal is so to speak to be completely individuated connect with others in community right but you are your own sovereign being yes yeah in the true meaning of the word yeah and i think of you know of, of our group programs you know because people do initially join them because they want belonging they want community but i think that then the big question comes up is like you know you realize that there's that there's something unique about you that can't be described about any communities. You can't go looking for belonging there. Like more, it's it's more better to actually treat the community as like a mirror. Like these are a bunch of different relationships. They can mirror how you are, how you aren't. And I'm gonna share share this quote by Marie Louise von Franz, who's also a Jungian psychologist, and she talks about this. It is useless to cast furtive glances at the way someone else is developing because each of us has a unique task of self-realization. Although many human problems are similar, they are never identical. All pine trees are very much alike. Otherwise, we, sh we should not recognize them as pines. Yet none is exactly the same as another. Because of these factors of sameness and difference, it is difficult to summarize the infinite variations of the process of individuation. The fact is that each person has to do something different, something that is uniquely his own. Yes. And so, you know, you can, That's a you key can point. like, 
you know, I kind of see it. It's like if you join a psycho-spiritual self-help group, like we're running, you know, like it's like you'll see that, you know, you may all be kind of like have similar aims, but your journey and the things that you need to do may be so radically different it's than very someone unique. else. You know, so you got to also embrace that and not like get into this like, you know, what we can do in relationship is get into this like kind of trap of comparison. Like I should be like this, this person mm-hmm. is doing this, this person is getting this out of their process or whatever. No, we're each very uniquely different in that sense. And I think it's no coincidence that like astrology shows us the most how different we are as people. And astrology is also ruled by Uranus Aquarius the individuation process. So they go hand in hand, you know? And the more that we actually honor our own unique individuality, the more, the less we actually will care if like this person agrees with us about everything. We will actually honor the individuality in other people as Mm -hmm. well. And I think that's also what I see in groups is a lot of like infighting too, where like, it's like, you know, like you don't, you, you agree with someone about like 90% of things, but then the 10% of things is like you, you other them, you, you, you fight against them. You don't want them to be an individual actually. And I think also the individuation process also ties into the trap of, you know, you get, you let go of identifications. You can relate to these people you know i've mentioned many times i i support patriots you know right now the america you know all of that but i don't identify as one mm-hmm. you know this is all that i wrote an article about this trap of identification which usually happens with groups so i i am a republican i'm a democrat i'm a patriot whatever it may be yes we I, you identify with a group that's already like a hindrance in your individuation process mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you can have certain values that what these groups represent and whatnot but ident- even identify the the, the the biggest irony is like if people identify as an anarchist because that right away you know stifles your own freedom because you have identified with a certain concept with a certain ism mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so a true free human being an individual self is not identified with these labels yes even yeah. though we can work with them relate to them yeah, and apply yeah. them right yeah and before yeah, before we end, we're almost at the end of the first hour, so we're gonna go deeper into that in the second hour, also from a more spiritual perspective. And we go also want to talk about how uh, obviously what we're seeing right now with the new world order, socialism, Marxism. This is actually the the threat to the individual, and yes. that's also why the anti divine force is using these ideologies and in the, in the, the disease of collectivism and globalism to eradicate the individual, right, and and just put them into groups, group identities. But I want to share something which um, which I wrote about, uh, five years ago in an article, uh, Timeline, Reality Split, um, and the Hidden Forces of Life, uh, where I talk about the individual, the sovereign individual, and the process of individuation, and not to mistake it as being independent, right? Because that's the externalization, externalizing of this process. So individuality in the, in the deeper meaning of the sense, even the process of individuation, in this context, or also from a spiritual perspective, is the embodied individualized soul as a conscious transducers for higher energies, which that's what we talk about in the second half as well, which means aligning with divine will, because ultimately we are a child of God. We are, you know, need to surrender to God. So that's like we're not separate from God, but we need to be a channel for divine will, which also relates to essence. So being an, quote, instrument for divine will. So individuality does not mean what many people mistake it as ego personality identification, the false eye, or what the matrix or official culture promotes as, quote, individuality, which is most often a cult of personality. I think that relates to the quote, what you mentioned before, there's a differentiation between the individuated um, um, per- person and the individual, which is the ego personality, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... And then it goes on in the same context, becoming a sovereign emancipated individual does not imply that one is an independent human being separate from everything else. This is very important to understand. This illusory idea stems from the overriding head-centric male aspect of consciousness, the inner tyrant who is identified with self-achieved false independence, right? Even what people talk about in the crypto and financial independence, freedom is fine and good, but that can be a trap in itself because you can, you know, if you're still slave to your own desires and all of that. So, from a spiritual and holistic perspective, being a sovereign embodied individual is based upon a deep recognition on an embodied level, not intellectual level, of the interrelationship of life, fully tuned into the nature and divine spirit as an individualized 
right, individuated, but not separate expression of it all, a fractal aspect of the universal hologram, right? It also stems from the feminine aspect of consciousness, which is grounded in being. So a truly sovereign, emancipated individual, individuated individual in that sense, is then not influenced by external influences, intrusions, you know, of which the matrix attempts to insert into the, their consciousness. And any form of rules, rulers or authority, including hyperdimensional or cult interference or social cultural programming or spiritual conditioning. But HOC is also not an isolated, independent and separate being, but deeply connected to and alignment with nature, spirit and divine, your true self as a conscious transducer and vessel for the divine. So that's, I think, also relates to what you said before, right? You see the inter there's a state of being, you see the interrelationship of it all, right? The, how spirit in light of the evolution works for everything and everyone, how everybody is a unique individual doing their part with all the distortions, conditioning and wounding, that's still part of it, right? But you see your place in that as well, you know? And that's why what you mentioned beautifully as well, that we all have a unique part, you know? And, and there's a danger like in, in these communities where everybody needs to become a farmer and grow food and all of this. No, everybody, the more you individuate, the more you also actually deeper connect to your deeper purpose. Yes. And so purpose, your, your latent powers and talents, you're not being aware of because it's buried behind layers of conditioning, wounding mm -hmm. or socially cultural conditioned desires, aims that are not even your own or mm -hmm. insecurities, trauma and all of that. So the more we individuate, the more we find our true place in the world Yes, without needing to compete actually. Yeah. Right? Competition yeah. goes out of the window in that yeah. sense because you're completely secure in yourself. You know who you are. You know what you need to do. Yeah. You don't compare yourself. Yeah. And that's, you know, the more people align to that, that's actually then how a true idealized society on a high level, how true anarchism, voluntarism would work yeah. if everybody's truly individuated. Yes. And, and, and I really, I mean, we talk about this a second hour, but I really noticed just to add on, you know, that you make decisions for yourself a lot easier. Like, you know, you may ask people for mirroring, for feedback, but you're just like, no, this is bright. You know, you just feel connected exactly. to the essence in you. Yeah. Beautiful. So yeah, let's go deeper into that in the second hour. And once again, if you're not a member yet, the second hour is only for members. You can sign up at my website, veilofreality.com. Gives you access to all the second hours of all the podcasts, including the membership forum. And we'll see you guys in the second hour. Until then. Mm -hmm.